We'd like to welcome you to Season 1, Episode 6 of the Mission 1 Podcast. What we attempt to do each month through our podcast is give you opportunities to become involved in missions, not only globally, but also nationally, um, through supporting missionaries, through going on mission trips, internships, and individual um, opportunities as well. Today, I'm privileged to have Robin Lowry with us. Robin, um, tell our listeners why you're on this podcast. What do you do for a living? Well, as Jim said, my name is Robin, and I am a teacher, and I teach the children at Faith Home. So I am one of your GB missionaries at Faith Home in Honduras, and my main role is educational ministry. How long have you been there, Robin? I have been in Honduras for a little over two and a half years, but actually at Faith Home for just a little bit over two years, because part of that time I was at language school. So Robin, you've been at Faith Home for two and a half years. Walk us back. Where did this process actually begin? How many years back? And what was the process to get you to, to get you to the point to where you were on the field at language school? Well, it all began with a one-week short-term mission trip that I went on with my home church. Thought it was just going to be a week experience. Um, get to see the kids at Faith Home, see what it was about. Served through painting some buildings and sorting some donated materials. And just so happened while I was there, God kind of spoke to me like, hey, you could be a part of this. And I thought it was the craziest thing I had ever heard because who does that? Right. Uh, but he wouldn't leave me alone about it. I came back to the States and I just kept feeling that tugging on my heart that that's something I should look into. And so set up an internship and flew down with a team from Kentucky and did Bible school with them for a week and then stayed for another week and a half and got to see what day-to-day life is kind of like at Faith Home without a team and got to work in the school with some of the kids. That was kind of my confirmation that, yes, that was the path that I felt like God was leading me on. And so I set up another internship, but I was supposed to go to the Philippines Mm And so what happened that things changed, Robin? Yeah, well, I was all set up for me to go to the Philippines and I had been having this feeling where the enemy was working on me like, oh, they don't want you at Faith Home. There's nothing you could really do there. Like this is going to be a big mistake. And then one day Christina Massey messaged me and said, hey, I know you're set up to go to the Philippines, but we would like you to come back to Faith Home instead. And so That, I felt like, was just one of those answers to all of those questions going on, like, hey, they do want me there. I already knew that there were things that I could do, but it was just a confirmation that that was the path that I was supposed to be on. So, Robin, tell us a little bit uh, more about Robin Lowry, your family. Um, who's, Who's a part of your family? Well, I have my parents who live in my hometown in McLeansboro, where I grew up my whole life. And then I have one daughter. Her name is Lauren, and she's married to her husband, Robbie, and they have given me two beautiful grandchildren. My granddaughter, Emerson, is four, and my little grandson, Asher, is three weeks old. Wow, three weeks old. So at the time of our interview here, you've been back in the States for a month? Yeah, about a month. right about a month. Lots of snuggle time with the, with the grandson? Oh, yeah. He is a snuggler, and I'm getting lots and lots of snuggle time. I love it. And so I, I want our listeners to understand, it's not like, um, and Robin, correct me if I'm wrong, 
it's not like I don't have anything else I can do, so maybe I'll try this this missionary thing. It's not like you didn't have family back here that really cares about you. What? I guess let me ask it this way. What's What's been the biggest surprise adjustment you've had to make since you've moved to Honduras? Oh, well, all of it. <laughs> sure. Um, there's been a lot of different things. Just figuring out how to navigate life in a foreign country, getting my driver's license and just learning to drive down there the way that they drive. Um, being apart from my family, of course, is hard. I have found that the hardest thing for me is missing those one-time special events. Sure. Not so much the holidays, because you can get together with your family anytime you're back in the States. Right. But missing those things like my granddaughter's Christmas program or the baby shower, things like that, has been a little bit of an adjustment. But thankfully, we have internet most of the time, <laughs> and um, FaceTime has been a huge blessing. Good. So, Robin, when we when we talk about ministry, the mission in Honduras, um, describe what that looks like. There's three different ministries, one mission. How how does that work? Yeah, well, there's three different ministries that we have in Honduras, but with one mission, which is to share the love of Christ. So we have the children's home, which is Faith Home itself. And then there's the clinic that we have at the children's home, but it also goes out and ministers to people in the community. And then there's church planting as well. And so um, I'm going to say walk us through the average day. There's no such thing as an average day or a normal day. But walk us through your day at Faith Home. Uh, when's that begin? When's it end? What's that look like typically? Well, my school day at Faith Home actually begins at 7 o'clock, and it's till 4 o'clock. Wow. So my day for me starts pretty early. I am not like a super early morning person. I'm not like a get-up-in-the-middle-of-the-day person either, but definitely not a 5 a.m. kind of girl. But uh, my day starts pretty early, and I just get ready, start out in the classroom. I have three types of classes I teach English to our fourth graders through high school. And so it's really great to be able to offer them the opportunity to learn English because the hope is then it assists them in getting a good, safe job when they transition out. We also have an early childhood program on campus for our three, four, and five-year-olds. And that's what I spent a lot of my teaching career doing was early childhood. And to me, it's one of the most important times of childhood because they can learn all those foundational education skills. So we work on early reading skills, early math skills, pre-writing skills, and the goal is to give them a good solid foundation so that when they go out to school, they're ready to learn. And then I have one more type of class, and I call it academic reinforcement. So our kids go out to private school, and when they're on campus, they come to our school on campus for extra academic practice. And we do have an educational director, Mr. Etter, and he communicates with the schools and he does homework with the kids. And then he works with them on what they're doing at school. But this academic reinforcement group that comes to me, we actually assess those missing pieces, those gaps in their educational learning, the things they didn't learn well before. So, for example, I might have a third grader working on first grade math. So the goal is to fill in those gaps to, again, get a good, solid, firm educational foundation for all of our kids. So, Robin, um, obviously, 
Um, worldwide, we've had to experience this wonderful COVID pandemic. And we know the adjustments that had to be made stateside with education. Um, what's been the challenge for you coming out of the pandemic with education for the children there at Faith Home? Well, unfortunately, in Honduras, the way their school year falls and the pandemic hit, they missed two full school years of being in right. in person learning. And everybody knows that even here in the States, remote learning wasn't ideal. Right. But right. there were a lot of resources here in the States that teachers could use with Zoom meetings or programs they could assign for their kids to work on on the computer. But in Honduras, there weren't a lot of those resources. And so for two full years, they did do some Zoom classrooms, but it all depended on was there electricity, was there internet, not just where the teachers are, but where the students sure, are. So sure. there were a lot of missed days of class, and then they didn't have those extra programs. And so a lot of times the kids were just trying to do a few worksheets here or there. They got a little out of it. And so there's a lot of gaps in for all of the kids in Honduras educationally from not having two years of in-person classes. And then when they went back to school, schools just picked up like nothing happened. Wow. And so they didn't go back and reinforce all that the kids missed over that time. Wow, so such, such a challenge for, for the children and for you. One of, um, one of the goals of the ministry at Faith Home for years, and it still is, is preparing the children for when they leave the campus permanently. Yes. Um, why is it why is it so important for them, in addition to having a good grasp of their native language, Spanish, to have a grasp of English? Does, does that give them a leg up whenever they leave, or, or why, is, why is that important? It does. So being able to speak English gives them some extra opportunities when it comes to employment. Often those jobs that may require English are jobs that might pay a little bit better, okay. but they're often also jobs that are maybe a little bit safer. And so we really want to give our kids all the opportunities that we can to be able to have a successful life after they transition out of Faith Home. And I know one of the responsibilities we have is to is to be Jesus to them. What are some ways that, that you share Jesus with them? It might, might be verbally, it might be through your actions. What are, what are a way that... What's a way that you share Jesus with the, with the kids? Well, for me in my classroom, most of our time is spent on academics. But I feel like the way that I'm able to share Jesus with them is through sharing the love of Christ, through loving on them. Our kiddos have all been placed with us due to some sort of traumatic situation that took place in their lives. And I feel like they all just need a lot of extra love. So sometimes sharing the love of Jesus might look like playing pie in the face with the kids and just okay. getting whipped cream all over. Or maybe it's playing a game of Candyland when we have downtime or on holidays or spring break doing special activities. Over Christmas, we made cinnamon applesauce ornaments for them wow. to take to their houses. And just doing those extra things to let the kids know that they're loved, they're important, they're worthy, they're valued, because those are all things that their society tells them they are not. Right. Because they are growing up in a children's home, their society says, you aren't loved, you aren't valued, wow. you're not worthy. Wow. And to me, a big part of sharing the love of Christ is letting them know who they are as children of the one true God 
Also, with my high schoolers, something that we started doing is over Christmas break last year, we watched the first season of The Chosen. Oh, okay. And they really enjoyed that. We're watching it in Spanish. And I was going to save season two for next Christmas break. But after about a month of not showing any episodes, my high schoolers are like, when are we going to watch that Jesus show again? (laughs) (laughs) And so even being able to do things like that is another way that the gospel can be shared in my classroom without directly speaking about it. Though I have no problem speaking about it. but Sure, absolutely. So give us... I'll ask it this way. Give us a success story of one of the children there at Faith Home from from two years ago to today. Wow. Okay. Well, there's quite a few success stories in the fact that we've just seen so much educational progress in all of them. Um, When I started, I had a student who he really, he didn't have a lot of self-confidence when it came to doing any academics And he really, he didn't look forward to school. He really didn't even look forward to the classes on campus because he felt like he couldn't do anything. And over the last two years of being able to do some more individualized work with him, things that are at his level where what he's doing at school is above his level, just seeing that confidence come into play of, putting something in front of him. And instead of him just looking down in his lap and not even picking up his pencil, he gets started. He writes his name on his paper right away and he starts working on it. If it's hard for him, he asks for help, but he doesn't do it with his eyes, you know, downcast towards the floor. And so just seeing that growth of confidence of, Hey, I can, I can do this. Right. Awesome. Now, the the needs of the children, from uniforms to supplies to that money, just doesn't rain down from heaven. So, what's what's the what's the cost for for the children's education there, and how can people help with that? Okay, well, the 2024 budget for educational ministry is about nine thousand five hundred dollars, and that covers their uniforms and school supplies for the private school that they attend. And then it covers everything that I do in my classroom. So that's those English classes, the early childhood classes, and the academic reinforcement classes. And that provides all the materials we use and basically everything that takes place in my classroom. And then if there's a little bit left over in the budget, we'll be able to take some field trips as well. And describe a couple of the field trips that you said that you guys have taken. Well, this past spring, we had the opportunity to take the kids on two different field trips. One was to go to the movie theater at the mall in the big city, and we watched Super Mario Brothers movie. And even though that doesn't sound very educational, it's okay to take fun field trips sometimes as well. But really, the kids are still learning. Sure, They spend almost all of their time on campus at Faith Home. So that's really all they know. And it's so important for the kids to get off campus and see more of their country and have just regular life experiences where they see the exchange of money for goods and services, where they can learn how to navigate getting through a crowd at the mall. All of those types of things are really beneficial. And so it was a great day also of just 
extra bonding time for the house parents and sure. the kids and the staff just to come together and have a good time together. We also had the opportunity to go to the Children's Museum in the city over spring break. And the kids just had a great time. It was a really nice children's museum. There was different play areas for the kids. There was a planetarium where the kids got to lay down and look at the stars and the planets. And they just had a really great time. Good, good. And I know that uh, a, a key to involvement with, with Faith Home, with the ministry there in Honduras, would be mission teams. Of course, our, our mission teams denominationally used to be called MVP teams, Missionary, missionary Volunteer Program. And a guy by the name of Bob Brockett, you may know him, um, started, was the first MVP coordinator in 95. Of course, Bob is the one who took you on your first trip. And so through the years, um, it's kind of evolved the needs at, at Faith Home that teams have been able to meet. But what are, what are some of the biggest needs that mission home teams and even people who do a short-term trip or even an internship can do? What are some of the, what are some of the areas of need that, that the teams really fit an important role in? Well, there are all different kinds of things that teams can do. Um, there's construction teams, and sometimes that looks like just doing some maintenance on campus, whether it's painting the exterior of the houses or different buildings because the weather conditions can be pretty harsh. Um, there's Bible school teams that have come down. There's also sometimes opportunities to volunteer in the classroom if somebody has an educational background. Okay. And so a lot of what teams do depends on what are the skill sets. Sure. And that goes for internships as well. So the short-term mission trips, which can range for basically any amount of time, right. there's not a set, it has to be this, or it has to look a certain way. It can really be based upon the skill set of the person. So there's opportunities to maybe help teach English if that's something that the person is interested in. Or maybe a nurse, you know, could spend some time with our nurse on campus, things like that. What's, um, what's something that you would want a team to understand before they come to Faith Home? Like, what are some things that they should not do? Oh, um, things they should not do. Well, one, I don't think they should have expectations ahead of time about exactly what their trip is going to look right. like. I think it's important to come with an open mind. Um, Faith Home does have some rules about what you can and cannot do on campus for the safety of our children. Sure. All of our children are there through protective custody through the government. And so it's so important to respect the rules sure. and the privacy of our kids so that we can be a good place for our kids to grow up. And so I think, again, not having set expectations on what you're going to do or what it's going to look like is probably the most important thing. And especially for those veteran uh, team members, they would, I, if they're honest, they would say every year has been different. Um, it could be a delay on your flight. It could be a delay at the airport. It could be when you get there, it rains or it doesn't rain or, or all those kind of things. And so... Um, it's important, don't you think, for our teams to realize that they're going there to assist the missionaries and the ministry at Faith Home, not to take away from it. Um, would you would you say that this may not be fair, but hey, I'm I'm not going to be fair now. <laughs> um, would you say that some teams that come, the missionaries, like that, you feel refreshed, yeah, but absolutely. other but other teams that come, it's like, oh my goodness. 
Uh, I need two or three days to recover. Is that a fair, is that a fair statement? That probably is a fair statement. Okay. And again, that comes with if they come in open-minded with no expectations, then it can go however it's going to right. go. Because like you said, you never know what's right. going to happen. Um, I never know in my classroom if I'm going to have electricity for the day. Right. And that right. completely changes what my day looks sure. like if the power is out all day. And so the same thing happens with teams. You know, you may come down expecting to do this one construction project, but when you get there, the materials aren't available or it's raining and you can't work outside. And so just being able to be flexible with whatever the needs are at that moment. So you're great. saying if there's construction needs, they can't just run to Walmart or Menards or Home Depot real quick to get that? Absolutely not. And... Even if you do make it to the hardware store, who knows what they're going to have because it's different every time you're there. <laughs> what a, a diff- definitely a challenge. For, for those listening, if you would be interested in going on a mission trip or even a, a, a short-term trip or internship, please reach out to me at jim.pratt at generalbaptist.com. We would love to work with you um, in helping you go on this trip. What we have found, Robin, I think you'd agree with this, that um, when people go and experience Honduras, there's usually, there's a likelihood that they're going to become regular prayer supporters and even financial supporters, whether it's um, for the needs of the children there at Faith Home, but also our missionaries raise their support. And so, Robin, you would accept people uh, taking out share support for you, wouldn't you? Oh, of course. I would never turn any of that down. So support for my deputation, which pays for my salary and housing and all of that to be there, or support for educational ministry. There's always needs. And you know, when people come down to Faith Home, they just, they get to see it and experience it. And it makes it real on a whole nother level. And so I think most of the time people do fall in love with what's going on there. And they want to be a part of that ministry through their prayers. And if they're able, through their finances as well. Robert, I'm sure one of the first things you experienced whenever you went there, quote, full time, was... It's a whole lot different being there for a week with the team and then when you're there and it's your life. And so um, it gets dark early in Honduras. Yes, it um, does. How do, you, how do you deal with the lonely times in Honduras? Well, um, for the most part, my day gets me pretty exhausted. Sure. <laughs> you know, seven to four may not sound like a terribly long work day, but it's a pretty busy work day. I have kids back to back. There's not a whole lot of downtime. And so for the most part, I don't feel like I have tons of downtime in the evening. Like you said, it gets dark early. I get up what I call early. (laughs) And so I go to bed a little bit early, but I'm very thankful for the internet and FaceTime that helps me stay connected to my friends and my family. And that makes a huge difference. Um, how do you how how are your your personal spiritual needs met? Are you involved in a church or Bible study or how how does that work for you? Well, I stream my home church's service every Sunday okay. morning, and it really makes me feel like I'm still a part of it. Okay. Um, if we don't have internet, I can go back and watch it at a later time. Sure. But oddly enough, getting to watch it live and knowing that I'm watching it live makes me feel a little bit more like I am there and a part okay. of what's going on still. And so that's that's my main thing. I do go to church on campus, but it's completely different listening to a sermon in a foreign language, even though 
I usually understand all of the sermon. Wow, it's just at a completely different level. And so I do devotions. You know, I read my daily devotions and make sure I build in time for prayer and just quiet time. But getting to watch my home church's service okay. is really important to okay. me. And how can the people listening support you? I think the main thing is prayers. You know, Spe- praying. Specifically, what, what are some needs that, that you have that they could pray for? Uh, just prayers that, you know, things are always changing. We've kind of talked about you never know what your day is going to look like. The needs of the kids at Faith Home are always changing. And sometimes I get a little overwhelmed trying to make sure I'm doing everything that I can, but finding that balance of not burning myself out at the same time. So just even prayers that it just all comes into place the way that God wants it to, because I know that his plan is what's best for the kids, but it's also what's best for me. So just taking the time to just give it to God and let it all just fall into place. All right, good. Robin, is there anything else that that we didn't cover that you want to share? I can't think of anything. You know, there's always so much to talk about with Faith Home. I love getting to share it with people. So if there are any churches, when I come home each time, you know, I I visit churches on Sunday mornings, Sunday nights, midweek services, women's ministry meetings, Bible studies, whatever kind of group that you have, I would be happy to schedule an appointment to come and share more about Faith Home or if anybody has questions, because I just love getting to talk about what God is doing at Faith Home. And it's so exciting that we have the opportunity to be a part of that, whether it's through our prayers or our financial giving or being there in person, like we are a huge part of this ministry. Robin, what's an email they could use to, to contact you. Okay. My email address is Robin, R-O-B-I-N dot Lowry, L-O-W-E-R-Y at generalbaptist.com. All right. Robin, I want to thank you for joining us today. And it's it's been so neat to, to watch you the last four years from one week to here we are there on a full-time basis. And I'm, I'm very thankful um, on behalf of Mark Powell and the rest of the, the staff here, we're, we're very thankful that you said yes and you're doing what, what God has called you to do there. Again, for those of you listening, if you would like to support Robin, um, feel free to contact us also if you would like to be a part of a mission team, not only to Honduras, but globally as well as stateside, please reach out to me again at jim.pratt at generalbaptist.com. Robin, again, thank you for joining us today. And for each of you, we invite you to like and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform. Go be a blessing to others today.